0: Call it? <sighs>
1: call it, yes. For what? Just call it. Welcome to episode 91 of Call It Friend, the podcast where usually two friends watch two films decided by the flip of a coin. This week, myself Andy DJ and my co-host Donna and watch the new film from writer-director Zach Kregor, Barbarian. As always, the podcast contains spoilers for the film right from the start. Check out justwatch.com for streaming and rental options in your region. You can find us on Instagram at Call it Podcast. Drop us a line there if any feedback or recommendations. booze.
2: Tweet. We're live, we're, we're live
1: in person, in person. What's wrong? Face to face. Place.
2: Yeah, yeah, I know. What happened? I came to Barcelona. Where'd you get kicked out of? Now, Putin.
1: That's uh, none of your business. Right, yeah you,
2: be- you better bleep out that name I just called you because I hear the internet is hot for that kind of thing.
1: no it's fine. No, going to say anything about that. That about- guy, he's a good guy.
2: Is he a good guy? No. We can edit that back in in the future if he wins. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's leave ourselves a, let's leave ourselves some room in the edit yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I personally believe in Zelensky. Yeah, yeah. There we go. <laughs> exactly. Is that that guy's name? Sure, the guy the guy that uh, played a piano with his penis. That's the one. Oh my I'm god, of the right guy. To think we thought we needed other kinds of leaders. I tell you one thing. I've been listening to a, a biography of Adolf Hitler. Hey, listen, this is getting out of hand already. No, 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 not to compare the two, um, but uh, the amount that I have in common with a young man Hitler is frankly disturbing. Like what? Just uh, all the lying about failing out of school. <laughs> <laughs> he did that a lot. <laughs> Some people
1: would say that's the worst
2: thing he did. <laughs> there is, I mean, In my eyes, I was like, you there. scumbag, you scumbag. Um, but no, what the, this guy, Ian Kershaw, his biography is most aimed towards is the fact that, and he opens with this, it's very true, is that Hitler lived his whole life that mattered in public. Because in private, he was just a... a Douche, nobody, and it's there's one of the more refreshing things to like. It'll that'll just it, it demystifies him in a strange way because he's just such a right time, right place guy. Because even he, comparable to so many modern standards, he was just a gigantic asshole. Just never paid back money to people. Actually, had a bunch of Jewish friends. Uh, said Jewish people were great to work with or whatever. Um, just like just a giant jackass. Uh, oh this! Oh, yeah, this one was one that really set me right Despite the fact that he was lying to his flatmate Who actually was a music scholar and a good friend of his He was lying to him constantly about being in the Vienna Art Academy When the guy was trying to like practice his grand piano during the day Hitler would just walk back and forth ranting about how shit everything off <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I'm enjoying it You are listening to the Hitler cast Indeed, the Hitler cast But I've been watching other things have you been watching anything?
1: Yeah, I watched a bunch of stuff. I got three films to talk about, and in a TV corner. I've got two seasons of TV to very briefly mention, as much that it doesn't come into my into my overall talk.
2: Uh huh. Isn't that interesting? I have a few films to talk about as well, a series of TV to talk about, and uh, a series of TV to completely dismiss that I watch one episode of and is shit. But I will tell you what. Respect. That's good. I like to hear that. You first. All right, well, in the run-up to Halloween, getting in the mood for Halloween, I wanted to, uh, as you know, as I'm sure you know, and long-time listeners to the pod will know, I'm a big fan of the slasher genre, so I wanted to get back in bed with uh, two of the big origin stories. I wanted to watch them back-to-back, and I did Bob Clark's 1974 Black Christmas and John Carpenter's 1978 Halloween to see which was, in fact... greatest. And man, they're both so good. (laughs) That's the only uh, conclusion i got to come to. They're both so
1: good. I've uh, never seen uh, the first one you mentioned, Black Christmas. Black Christmas.
2: So I'll I'll give you a run through both. And what makes them different, what makes them both great and honestly, the thing still reigns supreme, but I might edge it towards uh, Black Christmas this time around. And Bob Clark by the way, I think his only other major directorial credit is Porky's. Which is respect. a respect? I've seen that. Yeah, um, it was a very revealing. I like the part where
1: the guy yeah, lots of boobies. his penis through a hole in the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very, I don't know. It was very thought-provoking, thought provoking.
2: <laughs> As a young man, yeah, seeing that, I, it was good. I remember I had all kinds of thoughts it when DVDs thoughts were a thing. I recall seeing the DVD box to Porky's for five euros in Roxy Records in Ennis. And it's like basically got a lady running away from fucking <laughs> some squirmy hands. That's fine. And I remember thinking, I'm that sure that's is fine for me. Yes, please, for five euros, along with the Nirvana album. Thank you very much. Yeah, there's also Porky's too. Don't want to get sidetracked, but I can't even what happened yeah, there. Yeah, some, someone's multiple revenge. Multiple Porky. cocks. Yeah, going,
1: yeah. <laughs> going through multiple holes in the same wall. <laughs> anyway, who knows that? I assume that's what they did. They want, we want more. Anyway. We want more cocks and walls. Go ahead. So Black, Black, Christmas Black Christmas is
2: like, I mean, the slasher is basically the descendant of the giallo, where it's a murder mystery. And the slasher kind of removes the mystery. And Black Christmas exists somewhere between the two. It's like a sorority house that's just about to break for Christmas. Um, and at the very start of the film, you see this a first person shot of this guy crawling up into the attic. And then one by one, you get these kills of the people within the house and you get to meet the characters along the way. Margot Kidder is probably the most famous oh, wow. person in it. She's Lois Lane.
1: She had a very tough life.
2: Yes, she did. Remember. Anyway, she uh, she's great crack in the film. All the performances are great in the film. The deaths as well are deceptively, they're not gory, but the filmmaking makes it so. That's one of the good things about very good slashers, I find. They come from the... Uh, I don't know, sort of design ethic of the shower scene from Psycho that's like, we can imply an awful lot more than we need to show. And yeah, like, I mean, I don't know, the characters are interesting. The small parts where you hear bits and pieces of the killer are weird and disturbing. He's there because you never find out who the killer is. Spoiler, guys. Sorry right, for those who haven't seen Black Christmas. But really, if you're going back and watching Black Christmas, you're in it for the effect of the film and it, it, it is really something else because it's, Kind of a murder mystery flick with a a 70s ending. You know when at the end of Psycho, where the psychologist just comes out and says, well, Spoilers Norman Bates was blah, 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 blah. This just does not exist in Black Christmas. In Black Christmas, spoiler again, just another guy gets blamed for it. And he, he has motive because... His girlfriend, who's the lead in the film, wants to have an abortion, which is for 1974, and she's the lead of the film. It's quite feminist and cool. I genuinely did like that aspect of of, uh, the female characters in it. So then he's framed for no motive, but he's already dead. But then at the end of the film, when the girl is recovering, you realize, oh, wait, that lunatic is still in the attic. It's a fantastic film. And it's so well made between cuts, performances, everything. Most of it's set in the one house. It's so well made. Then the perfect evolution of that is Halloween. I don't know when the last time you watched Halloween is. Uh, within the last 10 years, definitely. But it's, th- it's just, I can't think of a better example of what you can do with a small amount of money and lots of talent. I assume you're talking about David Gordon Green's Halloween, <laughs> okay?
1: the real Halloween.
2: I'm not a fan of that. I, I like the first 40 minutes, but when it it's turns got, into an action film, I'm not... It's I'm got not, Kenny
1: Powers in it. Can, well, no, it hasn't. He's, is he in it or did no, he just write he, it? he co it. it. He Why did it. he not appear in it as Kenny Powers?
2: I don't know. I, I get the urge to... I get the urge to make something like that an action flick, but then it just fails in comparison, I suppose, is the real problem. Because what makes Halloween so good is... The years later, when it's not really scary anymore, unless you watch it with headphones, note for anybody out there if you really want to still I be think s- that
1: is like a huge point about horror in general is like audio is one of the main factors. You need to put headphones on. Yeah, yeah. And or else you alone. Need to be in the cinema alone in yeah, the dark, yeah. headphones.
2: And you've had it. this conversation recently. Yeah. It's
1: such a key element of horror.
2: Like something as predictable by way of film grammar. Uh, as Halloween these days Pop mm-hmm. on those headphones You might have seen it 10 I times You'll still get a couple of shakes along mm-hmm. the way One, of them, is, one of, of, of them is quite funny Because it's just It's just a weird Carpenter synthesizer note When he looks upstairs And oh. you go, whoa, Jesus But I don't know This time Bob Clark's one wins around for me Just because I found Laurie Strode's friends so annoying But anyway, a lot of fun Highly recommend them both Had a great time You go Nice. Well, I think,
1: uh, I mean, I, I got two films, which are again, closely connected here. The two films I need to talk about now share the same name. Oh yeah, that's they're both, right. They're both called dash cam. And, uh, this was inspired by enemy of the show, John Spillan, who messaged us and said, have you guys watched Dashcam? It's good. Yes. But I went out and I got, one dash cam and then realized it was not the dash cam that Mr. John Spillan had recommended. So then I went and watched the other dash cam. So I have seen both dash cams. I'm going to start with the one he
2: wasn't talking about.
1: There are two dash cams that were released in 2021. One is a thriller. One is a horror. The thriller one, which is the one I was not supposed to watch. It was directed by Christian Nielsen. It follows a, a young journalist called Jake who accidentally receives unredacted footage of a police traffic stop gone wrong which may potentially be a political assassination. And the film is like mostly a computer screen in view thing, similar to Searching, starring okay. John Cho, if you've seen that. No. Searching for MILFs, it should be called. Hell yeah. And uh, yeah, Jake's editing together this news segment for his arsehole boss, at his um, like TV news job. But the film is really similar to how I edit this podcast. <laughs> it genuinely is. It's like watching something being edited on just, a computer. I'm going, yeah, that makes sense. That's how you put that.
2: Yeah.
1: It's like dragging and dropping audio and video, but he's, they've got audio and video, but it is basically- that I was actually editing
2: simple. today for the second half of my day for my job. Well, you might I have to say, you fact. moan about this shit a lot. What a piece of piss.
1: Yeah, well, I'd like to see the, the end result of what you did. Uh, yes, but the, so basically the vast majority of that is him just editing footage- there's like creepy FBI ish stuff going on around him because he's received this the this footage that he wasn't supposed
2: to have. Question. How nitty gritty is the how exciting like do do you have to watch the same clip over and over again because he's editing? He's he gets it from multiple angles.
1: It's actually good. I, I enjoyed this film quite a lot. Probably the biggest problem with it is about three quarters of the way through the film he leaves the house. And it's such mm. like a weird that was the moment where I was, where I realized I was like, "Am I watching the wrong dash cam?
0: Because
1: <laughs> when <laughs> when the main character goes outside the house, it just you're like, "Why am I on the streets of New York now?" It just felt like it's like you've broken the spell. Yeah, yeah. If it had, if they maintained the whole thing, it would have worked quite well. It had because prior to that, they've got Zoom calls. He's got a camera to his front door, so he can bring up the image of that on his computer screen and it all kind of made sense but when they broke that it, it, they just couldn't stick the landing but overall i really enjoyed it it's a solid thriller um it's worth watching both of the dash cams um aside from being made in the same year have like similar low budgets they both have a similar rating like they were received kind of the same they're very polarizing this one i would say probably i hadn't even
2: heard of this one this one I probably this polarizing audio. because Probably
1: War, or this one has, has mixed reviews because it doesn't really stick the landing. So I could see, and also a lot of people don't enjoy watching like an in-screen streaming type film. Like they're just, they don't want to watch people like dragging and dropping stuff on a desktop. I don't mind. <laughs> I don't mind watching. It's like watching a YouTube tutorial. It's yeah, fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. YouTube tutorial meets me. Plus X it kind of
2: like... As like the next film that I have to discuss will set like it it is kind of for anybody who's gotten used to a certain type of screen grammar. Let's say it actually engages you even more. Well, maybe you should talk about Host, and then I'll talk
1: about the other Dashcam by Rob Savage.
2: I think it might have been prompted by John Spillan's message as well. But I decided, yeah, well that's
1: weird that you decided not to watch Dashcam, but you went back and rewatched Host. Well. I think Host is one of the scariest movies it's I've seen in scared. years. scared. I talked about it because I watched it, other enemy of the show, Joan Torres, a long time ago, and I recommended it and I watched it and it scared the shit out of it's me. It's
2: so scary. It is. It's scary It's still as fuck. scary. It's so scary. Because it's,
1: I think, oh, it's so effectively made. Go ahead. Tell me what you thought about it this time.
2: Uh, yeah, yeah. It's still, weird, like basically we were just scrolling through Amazon and, cast by host and I remember John had been talking about dash cam on a message earlier on today so I said yeah come on we we give this a buzz um and we did and we both tuned in and it we've talked about how scary it is it is so scary but it also it's a great way to look at the craft of the very basic template of a horror film the way it'll set out oh here are your leaders here are your people who are fucking around here are the people that you know, you probably want to watch out for and feel bad for. Here are the people for whom it will all go wrong, essentially. But apart from all that, it's just a terrifically executed concept that, and not taking anything away from their craft, their craft is amazing in it, but from the get-go, guys who were able, who were as big of fans of horror movies and were able to make... Even half a horror film like these guys could. Once they got the idea of zoom seance, that was it. Game set and match. What if? Because you don't know what, which screen you should be watching. Yeah. Then it zooms in on one. There's this wonderfully effective moment that I even knew was coming, and it's set up wonderfully at the start of the film when the lady shows you her um, her background, her background screen. Yeah, and then it takes you a few seconds to realize. That's the background screen. And you just see her face being smashed into the keyboard (laughs) by the demon. Oh my God. Fantastic. Terrifying. Um, A couple of close-ups of the demon that I've seen, like, um, still shots of that demon footage. Looks ridiculous. Just, it's a guy in prosthetics or whatever. But in the context of the film, scares the bejesus out of you. It is so good. Anybody who's like, because that's the thing about being a fan of horror films. Like I said, we, we got to put on the headphones to be scared by Halloween anymore, despite, you know, acknowledging that it is a classic. But being a fan of horror films, you're always in some way chasing the dragon. And like Host is the dragon for me for the moment. Anyway, that's the that's last why I smell seriously scary thing I saw.
1: I think what's impressive about Host is they were all just doing, they did their own uh, makeup. All the actors, yeah, that's like, right, that's they were right. in their own house. It was during COVID, lockdowns. They did their own makeup. They did their own practical effects and filmed their own stunts, basically. Like, it's it's a mad film. It's crazy that it ever got made. That it worked as well. Yeah, it is great. It's like you said, it scared the shit out of me. So anyway, I watched Rob Savage's follow-up film, Dashcam, because I enjoy watching films called Dashcam. That's what I'm all
2: about. (laughs) Starring a famous YouTuber, No.
1: Well, it's uh, it stars Annie Hardy, who's the lead singer of the indie band Giant Drag. Yes, I hadn't heard of them either until this week. <laughs> okay. And I do consider oh, myself God. reasonably well-versed in indie music. Yeah, you would be like, much more Who? so than me. She's in a band? What? And I looked at their music and I was like, eh, okay, I get it. It's fine. She is uh, playing basically herself. I've heard she's annoying she that is the. this is the polarizing element this is the amy polarizing element of this film is that annie hardy is playing herself she's a big trumper anti-vaxxer she's full-on like annoying as fuck and she is being herself
2: ah hold on right so i have questions is she in real life a big trumper anti-vaxxer she's playing herself right okay so that makes me kind of mistrust a lot of the reviews that I know, I've
1: read. I know. I know. Here's the thing. I'll say this. I, I did. I. I. In my notes, I wrote this like, me and you are reasonably open minded to someone being like, I don't know. She's like, just really annoying. <laughs> annoying. Like, yeah. and, and not perhaps judging her that harshly. But I think the biggest problem with this is it's a horror film. And if the character is kind of annoying, it is a problem and they try They there are two yeah characters, there's no two, so, yeah exactly this is the biggest thing so i mean like so she's like driving her the film starts with her driving around la where she like she's live streaming yeah Uh make she does like improv raps and like about stuff I've that heard she they're sees decent. she's all right she's got and it's, that's that's what the end credits are of the film are or are mm-hmm. her, her like Improving rapping the credits. yeah like yeah, yeah. 10 minutes which is a chunk of time considering the film only runs like 70 something minutes. So, like, the, there's 10 minutes of credits of her going, like, John Smith, he's a fucking prick. Dudududu, wants to suck a guy's dick. Which, again, I'm on board with Yeah, yeah, I'm was, on board with that. Some of the tightest rhymes I've ever heard. But so she, it starts in LA and she's driving around live streaming she's really frustrated by all the COVID restrictions in the U S. So she decides to fly to the UK. It's heavy on the COVID stuff. It's heavy on her going like fucking making me fucking do this. I got to put on a fucking mask. That's fun. I, I mean, I like, I like the sound of that. And then she flies to the UK. She runs, she goes to the house of her like ex bandmate, tourmate, this guy called stretch. And she fucking breaks into the guy's house in the middle of the night. And he's there with his like girlfriend and she's just immediately like the most annoying piece of shit ever.
2: See, this is, so just to compare it directly to a host, I don't know how long ago you saw it, but there is one just annoying dick There's of a no character. There's no way the
1: character is as bad as, as any market. But No, no, no,
2: But I'm, no, that's not what I'm saying, yeah. but you're like, by horror movie logic, you're automatically going, oh, well... I'm gonna watch. Yeah, you. I'm gonna yeah, watch yeah, yeah, yeah. you
1: die eventually. But that's the thing. I think this one stretches. This one is like immediately on the case of you're like, okay, Annie Hardy is a star here, and there is the, the next 76 minutes. The the are we the, supposed the to be on, on her here. side? Basically, yes. It's clear that she's the star. What happens is like there's this sort of relentless 76 minute film. It's a computer screen horror stream. And it's Annie and her friend Stretch, this her tourmate guy, battling like a supernatural being. I, I haven't even delved into exactly answering some of the questions. Like, I still have questions about what they're up against. Is it scary? Uh, Yes, but it's so... I mean, it's a found footage type, almost found footage. It's not found footage. I mean, technically, it's like a stream. But it's like... It's so shaky cam at sometimes because it's a... You know, it's like... It's basically just someone walking around with a camera on their hat, live streaming for a lot of it. And there's times where the stream goes down, but it's still recording. So a lot of it's very shaky, shaky cam, but it is relentless. So like there are some- In a some, good way. Yeah, yeah. In a good way that it's just, it's nonstop. It doesn't let up. There's never, I mean, 76 minutes, there's not a dull yeah, yeah, moment It's like, it's very, very- and there's stuff that happens. I mean, it has a hundred thousand dollar budget, and it is very impressive what they're able to do. And
2: he has a big deal with um, Shudder, Savage and his team. Rob
1: Savage is yeah. He's they've, doing. They've
2: gotten funding for about ten years now. I think
1: he's do, I think he's doing a Stephen King adaptation. I think he's doing the uh, Boogeyman coming up now. I have no nothing. You about recommend that. this anyway? Uh Yeah, I think it's worth watching. It's uh, like I said, it's tough because the Annie Hardy, like Annie Hardy, is really unlikable. There are moments where she's like she's kind of brutally funny, making fun of people that I respect. But I I understand. I mean, aside from her politics, well, like whatever. Yeah, exactly. But aside from her politics, she is just quite like whatever you think of that. She's just annoying. But I do think you should. There are definitely some uh, reviews that were like, okay, she's a Trumper and she's anti-vax or whatever. Like, okay, well that's it. That was the from end the movie. for yeah, some yeah, viewers. Yeah. I think the film is definitely worth watching. She, like I said, she is very funny, but I think it's very hard to have a horror film where you don't care about the characters. And yeah. they, they have two main characters, kind of. So they do give you a period where they focus on stretch, and you definitely care more about him because he's like a normal, nice guy.
2: Now, give you a quick uh, favorite found footage movies? Well, it's Chronicle for me first. Oh, Chronicle for you? Chronicles the first. Mine's, mine's, the, be, mine's the best and original. Blair Witch. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I remember watching Blair Witch in the cinema. And Scared it was very the powerful. fucking shit out of me.
2: Yeah, it's a solid still film. does. Like I watched it a couple of years ago. I still think, like, I wish it didn't scare. That's how unpleasant I find that to watch. I it, just little things. It might be because I first saw it when I came out, and I was like when way you came over out, new. Yeah. I, I was like twelve or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just little things like. The piles of stones around the tent in the morning when they wake up just scared the shit out of me. Well, I remember, I was, yeah, I was
1: in first year of university when I saw it. And I remember walking back across a big field in Newcastle, convinced that someone was behind me, t- pulling my shirt. I was shirt. walking I was home from, from like, my next door neighbor's
2: on? house, 20 meters. Yeah. I was a 12 year old. Not yeah, to be yeah. Fair.
1: yeah <laughs> I was
2: like 17.
1: That can't be right. You must have been younger. I was 17 so. when I watched it. Seventeen, eighteen.
2: I was too young to watch it for yeah. sure. It scared the bejesus out of me. And that final shot, I still, t- like, what they did with that budget is just incredible. But I'd, I had a friend who lived on the same floor as me in halls of
1: residence who went to see it after me. So me and a bunch of other friends, we he like used to leave his door unlocked to his room. So we went in and we taped up, like we took a bunch of twigs and taped them together and put them up in his room. And we like kind of move stuff around and we left his TV on with just static on the
2: screen and stuff. <sighs> Pre internet like stuff because the yeah, buzz was around Blair Witch was, was it fun. might have been real and people did believe it. Yeah. Even it's, if those for were a little bit. Days. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, Other Honorable Chronicle is a great shout. It's uh, a great film. I also do. Uh, yeah, I'll give props to Wreck. I think the Spanish film Wreck is very scary. Fair play. Cool. All right. I got a TV show to talk about. I'll well, one very briefly and one I'll just uh, dismiss completely. So TV um, surprise, surprise. Last week's uh, big breaking news for me was uh, The Wire is really good. This week's. The Wire is uh, really difficult to stop watching. I'm most of the way through Wire season 4. Yeah, whatever happened to your watch a season and then watch something else. The Wire is really difficult to stop watching. That's a, last year I watched the entirety I you did, of The yeah. Wire. I I all credit to that. you man. Like the it is plus is well listening to that uh listening to all the all pieces, the pieces matter, matter got me in the mood of like it as a complete novel and to be fair one thing I have noticed most definitely about uh, most deaf as D'Angelo mm-hmm. would say is in series four all the parts pick up all the pieces pick all up pieces a matter. pick up a sort of a momentum together that'll I feel like i will bring them home I feel like and plus I'm such a fanboy I feel like it'll be very difficult to be in any way sniffy about season five when I inevitably start watching it next week I'm just gonna breeze this through to the end Damn. fuck it but it is fantastic and one One tiny thing that I, like, I never quite picked up on, which I know, uh, what's his chops, Michael is like, does not like adult attention of any way, in any kind, because he was molested when he was a kid, obviously, we find out later, but I never got quite... How early in the show, and from any adult, not male or female. Yeah,
1: also, what's his name? The boxing guy, Cutty. Yeah, yeah, Cuddy. He's, he's, he's very suspicious of Cutty. He thinks he's a pedo.
2: Yeah, yeah, but he does get... Um, he gets Chris to beat up his dad as well. Why? Well, uh, murder his dad, no? Oh, yeah, does he kill him? Yeah, yeah. No, um, but with, with Cutty, when Cuddy, when Cuddy eventually sort of apologizes for fucking everybody's mom, Michael gets a bit of respect for him. Um, and Michael kind of has a bit of respect for Presbularski too. But even like Naaman's mom, he did. She's there's the worst a, lady in the world. Typically. Well, it's like they give. I don't know. The direction must have been really great because they always tell him to just any adult that's being in any way nice, just be like no, no, thank you. Mm-hmm. Which uh, yeah, no, it's really something. Uh, I'm nearly at the end. I'm s- and it's the sort of thing that I'm sad that I'm nearly at the end because it's so good. Um, but the one I want to. Steer people away from because someone steered me towards it, and I'm quite sure he doesn't listen to this podcast because he's a French man. So allow me to rein on Inside Man. Oh, when I saw this, I just assumed it was like a spin off of the
1: Spike Lee film. It is
2: not, it's
1: not, is it?
2: Stephen Moffat's latest That's contribution right. to TV That's with right. uh, um, old Doctor Who, David Tennant, and uh, honestly, a man I'm a big fan of, The Tooch, The old Stanley, Stanley Tooch. Tucci. I'm a big fan of The Tooch. So, uh, look, I won't get into the premise of this one. Is this on Netflix or something? Yes, it is. But look, I remember years ago, a friend of mine who I think does listen occasionally to this podcast, Rachel Dempsey, if you're out there, um, we went through a spate of reading loads of crime novels. We We worked in the same restaurant. We were always on break. We would just pass back and forth crime novels. And we came to a conclusion that the dividing line... Like the line between good and evil down the soul of every man, down the middle of every crime novel is, in a bad crime novel, this is the premise. A character lies when they needn't lie, Mm. and tries to cover up, and that's the drive of the plot. And that is this from moment one. It's like, you're just watching it going... Well, if you'd have just told the truth about that, and in real life you would have, you wouldn't have just murdered somebody erratically because it's completely not your character. And we're expected to buy that drive for four seasons. And in the meantime, Stephen Moffat, for some reason, tries to set up a Stanley Tucci version of Hannibal Lecter over in the United States, even though... Standable. What did I say?
1: Stannable Toochster. That's what they That's what they should have called him. I just imagine that. That's, I can't believe be, I didn't be think of that. Hannibal. Lecter's I can't believe t- Stephen Moffat Standable didn't tuchter. think of that. This is why we should be in yeah.
2: charge of a show like yeah. this. Anyway, it's a bunch of bullshit. Don't be convinced like I was. 60 minutes was too much. You go.
1: Inside Man. I watched a film called Inside Men, but it was quite specialist. Oh yeah, was it, was I haven't sure? seen that.
2: Just clips. That? Yeah, I ten clips. minutes clips. <laughs>
1: exactly. I just watched clips. <laughs> well, the other, I watched a film called Girl, the the uh, girl with all the gifts, which sounds yes. dodgy, but it was fine. It was normal. It's, it's good, isn't it? It is good. It's a good film. Uh, I put this up for a toss very early on in the podcast. Which yes, lost and it got banished forever. But it's by Irish Scottish director Colm McCarthy. Cole McCarthy. Well, he was born in Edinburgh. I don't know. He lives in Ireland,
2: I think. He's one of our people. This is one of the movies I watched in the middle of the night while feeding my daughter back Mm. in the day. Yeah, yeah. It's only 90 minutes or something. It's
1: quite short. Uh, An hour 40, something like that. It's up there. Cole McCarthy's-
2: It's very good, though. I remember I enjoyed it a lot. Well, that's you've said it all.
1: The Cole McCarthy director is best known maybe for- He directed Peaky Blinders season two. The entirety—they gave him the whole six episodes. Yeah, that seems mad to just. Blinder give it to one season guy.
2: two was. I have no idea. I've seen it. Yeah, me too. I do to not remember it. anything you know, about whatever. it. Some Suits guys from Birmingham yeah, yeah. stab each other. Fags and moment. whiskey. Let's go.
1: Uh, f- you mean cigarettes, right? Yes, that's uh, right. Okay, just checking. He also directed the Black Museum episode of Black Mirror, which I remember I wasn't a huge fan of. Although, oh, that's I've been
2: to the Black Museum. Yes, in you have. Spain. It's in anne Marie, isn't it? I've been there, yeah. Um
1: not actually a museum
2: it's no a no station. no but uh yeah that's the one <laughs> where they try to squish together all that season's episodes right yeah, yeah it's
1: yeah. uh yeah it's like anthology blah 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 they try and tie anthology together. of an it's anthology Shuri yeah. from uh black panther what's her name oh, no, no, she's about to be black yeah. panther isn't she allegedly yeah she's gonna have a big role which might actually be the next thing we watch next time round. next time we do one of a new one because i think that's when uh Black Panther Wakanda forever comes out. But Could we'll cover, be. We'll cover that. So anyway, um, Girl with All the Gifts, it has the look of a Charlie Brooker TV property. It's pretty low budget. It yes, has, it is. Yeah, it yeah. looks like a Channel 4 drama, to be fair. Uh, it's not a knock on it. But cast-wise, you've got Paddy Considine, you've got Gemma, Gemma Arterton and Glenn Close. Mm-hmm. You can't really argue with Glenn Close. No, you can't. pretty high quality. She's a touch of
2: class in any estimation, yeah. And
1: uh, the story revolves around a post-apocalyptic society, which is searching for the cure for a cordyceps zombie virus. And a group of uh, soldiers slash scientists are conducting experiments on a group of second-generation infected. And we follow Melanie, the girl with all the gifts, one could say. She's intelligent, caring, and infected with a zombie virus. And uh, ultimately ends up somewhere between The Last of Us and I Am Legend. I, I liked thought it, it was great. I like to. I, I mean, I'm always I've recommended on board. i it to people. I'm always on board with post-apocalyptic zombie stuff. Something that's more on the serious side. I've never seen World War Z, but it immediately looked to me like, ah, it's not, that's not what I want. I want something a bit more about the human drama, perhaps, than millions of zombies. I'm judging a film on the global scale, yeah. Yeah. I'd rather see something on a bit of a smaller scale, and that's what this is. It's it's one of those films. It starts with a very strong premise and keeps going, and it doesn't fuck about and waste your time at any point. No, no. You remember no, how it, doesn't, it starts? Yeah. It just starts with yes. this girl gang strapped into a wheelchair and taken into a room of other
2: kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're yeah, being and they're treated class. like
1: absolute shit by yeah. soldiers who are like, "Come on, you." And abortions. the teacher is
2: in any way kind to them, and he goes, "Stand close yeah. to this one." Yeah, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and That's, you just watch the savage come out in them. And if you, if, if, you ha, if you know nothing
1: attacked, of the if you know nothing of the plot, you're like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, here? Yeah. This is a mad white star film.
2: You got two shows to discuss, right? I've got two shows to discuss
1: if, super quickly. I'll just say, uh, I watched something that you've seen I've, quite a while ago, I guess. I watched Bosch season three. Hell yeah! What happens in that one again? It, there's a group of spec ops guys who have come back from Afghanistan. And there's also a plot with uh, a, a serial killer that Bosch wasn't able to convict. And he is potentially, oh, and he's, has put some little sneaky cameras. Ah, uh, yes, 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 yes,
2: yes, yes. I'm with you. Okay. And
1: there's a, there is a film director
2: who has done some shady Me Too business. Of course he because he's a dirty nerdy. Hollywood fuck. Bosch is the only st- fucking straight shooter in Los Angeles and we all know it. And, uh, How was, awesome is Bosch?
1: I, I the start of that season, I was a bit sort of like there's a lot of pieces on the chessboard, and I wasn't really sure where I was going. And it does, it takes a few, and that's kind. Of, it's almost wire-like in that. Yeah. Obviously, it's a much lower level, but like it really pays Trust off. the
2: audience. Yeah,
1: you need to. It it does. It definitely respects your time, and it pays everything off.
2: It was one of the first shows uh, on the streaming wavelength I was like, oh, this is how people are going to watch shows. This isn't a week to week thing. This is right. a novel.
1: Yeah, it's, it's definitely, a, it, the, uh, you can tell the, the quality difference between this and something like The Wire is in an episode of Bosch, he'll speak to someone and they'll say, you need to go and talk to blah, blah, blah. And in the very next scene, he'll be at yeah, that place yeah, talking yeah. to that person. Yeah. Because in in the wire they'd always cut away and show another
2: storyline. That'd be three episodes Multiple later. story. He might talk yeah, to yeah, that yeah. person. They yeah, don't. Yeah. They don't go. someone watching the wire aplank. right now. It's something that. Yeah, you, you, you can see you, that, you that classy makes thing. You feel clever. Yeah, it's is, it, is clever, really.
1: isn't it? It's very clever. So Bosch pays everything off. It's well worth watching. The other thing I wanted to mention was a um, season two of a show that I I talked about recently. Yeah, That's I have the show. One the yet. capture. The Capture, which uh, I talked about before, it stars Holiday Granger, which is a great name. Yes. She's the the star of the show. It's part line of duty, intrigue of the inner working of the police force and part vigil-style international spy thriller. Season two brings in Papa Esiudu. You familiar with him? I was not Maybe. familiar with him. He's uh, he's probably best known for I May Destroy You, which I still haven't watched. Yes. He's one of the three main characters i think he's one of the lead's friends okay he's a really, gay guy he's he's black he's not gay in this uh, i haven't watched i may destroy you but i think yeah. i know who
2: you're on about yeah
1: he's excellent he's really 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 good in this he's he's like a shakespearean actor that's his background is basically shakespeare stuff so he's only just started getting into film and tv really the other person they got on board is indira varma who is, was in Game of Thrones. She played Ilaria Sand, who was famously quite annoying. She was the one who was married to Pedro Pascal. Ah, yes. But, um, yeah, she's solid in this. She's playing like a BBC journalist. What they do quite well in this series and season two is, like, they really ratchet up the tension. Uh, they're not afraid to sacrifice characters. They don't dick about. They take, because they've already... into the, Is the it done now? Yeah, I think so because oh, I I don't see where they go from here. They tie up a two story arc, really, a two season arc, really, really well. Where you're like, I don't really see that there's anywhere else to go. The whole concept of the show, uh, which is revealed early on in season one, is that there's this thing called correction, which is that all the governments of the world manufacture evidence by creating kind of deep fake videos. Yeah, 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 and. So they take that quiet. They take that concept, and in season two, they bring in the. It looks like it's kind of based on China's Huawei. Do you remember when Huawei had they were had a deal with the UK government where they were going to help build uh, Britain's five G uh, yes. systems, and then basically the UK shat itself, which is fair because Huawei was just like a front for the Chinese government. So they were like, uh, "No, you're going to spy on us, so we need to get rid of you." That plays a huge part hmm. in the in, in season two. They they kind of go into that. So it's very international. You've got like-
2: Well, you and I are in the same ballpark on this kind of show, so I, I feel I am going to- Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It, it's solid. It pays off. It really pays off. The last episode is really good because in season one, I, my slight criticism of season one was that they'd revealed the mystery where you still had like an episode and a half to go. Hmm. And then they had to play out the rest of the string. In this one, I would say they resolve the mystery, but they're, it's solid. It, it keeps your, it
2: goes all the way to the very so that's end. that's the fucking thing with uh, resolving the the mystery too early in shows yeah. like this. They don't have the budget to keep you going with action. Right. They just don't. Yeah. Um, like even in, what was the name of the the submarine show? Vigil. Even in Vigil, like, uh, the, yeah, episode, like I believe the mystery was solved, solved second last episode on the yeah, the tension was kind of lost in the last I remember one, liking I remember. the episode, the last episode of Vigil. I liked it just well enough, but just not, was uh, no, but yeah. nowhere near so much as the others. But you have reminded me, I, I should give one last shout out. I, right? I, I said to you that I would. Uh, House of the Dragon finished off. I was a huge fan. I heard very mixed things about the finale. I really, I don't know. I've, I don't know what to say, apart from things that upset me people who I talk to about it. I prefer this show to Game of Thrones. I know it's just because I, I read the books of Game of Thrones and I know that's a snooty ass thing to say. I would love to have been uh, as on... You know me. I like stuff. I want to like stuff. I would love to have, been, uh, to have been as on board with Game of Thrones as the rest of the world. But my interest always dwindled because it, it didn't give you the depth of the characters that you'd be used to if you're reading the books. Whereas... Two major factors played in me preferring House of the Dragon. Number one, I don't have the books compared to. Number two, they just have they can do whatever they want. Who's the showrunner in House of the Dragon? Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. It's certainly not uh, the two boys. They departed. It's, no, no. It's certainly not Jane Goldman. Her Her Game of Thrones show got cancelled. Oh, uh, uh, was, was she doing another prequel as well? She was, yeah. A thousand, like about 800 years before House of the Dragon is set. Can't remember who's who ran House of the Dragon now.
1: I'm trying to type in House of the Dragon if I actually, like, I can't read the keyboard. So I've written, like, House of Tigadiadon, but it's probably up. It was created by Ryan Condal who is best known for creating House of the Dragon. No, he worked on- um,
2: He worked on Game of
1: Thrones. He worked on the old Game sure. of Thrones. He, no, I don't think he did. Did he? No, I don't think so. I don't think he did work on Game of Thrones. I think maybe that was probably part of it. They were like, well, if you worked on Game of Thrones, you're out. It looks like, oh my God, he, um, he did that Rampage film- but the he was, he was one of the yeah. But it was based on—is that Rampage? That was based on an old game. I remember. I remember playing yeah, yeah, that yeah. game when I was a kid. That was rough. But he also made a show called Colony. He was the co-creator, showrunner on Colony, which starred Josh Holloway, which was some sci-fi type thing. Which uh, whatever. Which is maybe a bit. House of the
2: Dragon is very well directed. Has great performances. It's better shot than Game of Thrones. That much. I would defy anybody to give it to well, me. Well, now they
1: know what they're doing.
2: I imagine. Like... Exactly. But that's the advantage they have mm-hmm. is like they have so much clout from the success of that show. And here, man, here's it. For me, the best that that show kind of has is probably season three and four. The first two seasons that despite the fact that they've got all the most dense plotty stuff, they still got just that painful sex position nonsense. That's just like, hey, look, willies and tits. Come on. Respect. And it's like, yeah, respect. But I mean, it, man, there's a. I'll tell you what, there is a sex scene in episode three or four of an incestuous sex scene, no less. Uh, of, uh, it's the only cat. Of House of the Dragon that is sexier than anything that's in Game of Thrones. It's just better shot, not in a teenage viewpoint. Maybe they've, you know, taken away the male gaze. Anyway, this was supposed to be a brief mention. Yeah, yeah, never mind. I, I loved I just- it.
1: All right, so let's move into talking about this week's film. It's 2022's Barbarian from Zach Kreger. Off yes. Of the whitest kids you know.
2: I hadn't heard of the whitest kids you know before uh, this week. And I've watched some of their sketches now.
1: The most famous one off the top of my head is the Grapist one. I don't know if you saw that. I did not see that. That's like an ad. It's an ad. It's like advertising grapes and the guy's going like, well, what if we called him the Grapist? And then everyone <laughs> else is going like, "You, but you know that. Sounds it sounds like rapist, you
2: know. It was uh, two thousand and six. It was yeah, a different yeah, yeah. time. It was well, a different no, time, folks. It they're clearly okay they're clearly sketches that were made in that uh, yeah beautiful before time where the
1: zeitgeist. It was very it was the zeitgeist of two thousand and whatever. Uh, Technology
2: was democratized, but yeah. nobody had figured out the internet just yet. So you could do whatever the fuck you wanted and make long shit and make it mad. And there was two. Well, no, there's one in particular that I found very funny. Have you seen their Lincoln sketch? I've watched a bunch of Wise
1: Kids You Know stuff, but it was never something that... It was always a one of those sketch groups. Like I said previously, not that long ago in another episode, I don't really like sketch comedy. Hmm. So I was never on board particularly with it, but it was always something that I was like, yeah, okay.
2: Meaning, mean, like, that's the thing is like, the Chappelle's show, and uh, like, there's a few that I love. I love the Chappelle show. I love uh, Harry Enfield and Chums from back in the day. I'm a big fan of. Probably That's about sweet. 10% of Monty Python is good, the but it is show. very good. The really fast, fast Show, show. great. Yeah. Nice. Uh, but yeah, then there's a load of just bollocks that, like, the amount of internet sketches you'll see that just end in chaotic violence. And it's just like, ah, yeah, that was funny when Monty Python were doing it back in 1970s. But come I on. I liked uh, Mr. Show. Yes, I did like Mr. Show, but it was just a. Very surreal, but I mean, that, just that a mad minor. thing. Yeah, it Mr. Very, Show. It they, they, you seem to be watching the mind of an improv person play out on stage, rather than just having to watch them. Yes, and yeah, that yeah. followed. It just all, followed all sort of mad logic. Those mm-hmm. uh, sketches, they were great. No, the Lincoln sketch that made me laugh a lot. Was, uh, so you know how Lincoln was assassinated. watching Hamlet Yeah, I heard about that. Yes, exactly. So watching Hamilton. Watching Watching Hamilton, so we say he's watching the play. I was watching Hamlet, and uh, in the for incidentally, with nothing to do with the plot, they've changed Hamlet to be about uh, vampires. They're like, (laughs) oh, there's a vampire in the tower or whatever. But anyway, John Wilkes Booth is in the front row, and Lincoln is just up in the balcony, just being an annoying asshole. Just got uh, like with a black voice. I'll just say it. Like he's doing annoying. Black person in a cinema. Wow, that's, kind of a that's
1: crazy. That is crazy that they were doing that. Yeah, like yeah. that's the sketch.
2: And uh, yeah, so that's like, so
1: funny. I'll add this to the show notes. I'll watch it and pissing. Dude, I
2: was like, oh, you got to kill them vampires? <laughs> oh, that skinny motherfucker. And like John Wilkes Booth is just like, Mr. President, all due respect, just please, just shut the fuck up. Uh, And then what in fact happens, uh, yeah, he gets killed in a different way, but it's very funny. I really enjoyed it. But the sketch
1: group is called The Whitest Kids You Know. Whitest Kids You Know. And
2: they're very clearly like sketchers of the cine-literate variety. They're clearly more, probably much more into movies than they are into comedy. Right. Um, Which is one of the reasons why their sketches are, are quite well made. Uh, given the, the technology that was available to them, they could clearly use a few extra lenses, but they know how to shoot things. Um, the sort of th- like Key and peel basically. Uh, and peel. They, they um, took that line for a walk in a big way. But yeah, for a lot of the time, Barbarian does actually follow the logic of a comedy sketch. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. How did you feel about the film? Extremely well-directed. Um, shot, cast, designed... Um, script is kind of in a way soulless uh, because i suppose the point of the film is to play with expectations based on horror tropes not uh, there's not anything at its core
1: when when one of your main characters is it the clown you are telling the audience to be you know they're they're introducing this male character who's interacting with a female and the entire time you're going like well obviously he's a murderer he must be the bad that
2: that's the best portion of the film yeah. in, my, in my opinion because what I thought was because that's the thing it sort of loses me in the last 20 minutes because I think there's only so far you can push out that playing with tropes boat but at the start where the cuteness of of the meat cute that's happening works to actually build tension despite the fact that you're given no sign he's a bad one whatsoever all of
1: that is based on the book the gift of fear did you read that no it's like a 90 i mean i haven't read the book but it's based on this 1997 book which was it's like a self-help book it was a big oprah thing and a bunch of a bunch of people, uh, a bunch of celebrities were really supportive of the book, including Meryl Streep and David Mamet, mm-hmm. well, which is weird. Does it have a dark ending? I let's hope so. It's all about pre-incident indicators, which are like forced teaming of talking about like, hey, we don't need to talk outside. Let's go in and charm and niceness giving too many details so you're probably the person's probably lying because they're giving far too many details in their expectation oh so he's giving all these indications that he's a bad one that's the whole concept of how it was written was you've got like you said you've got this meet cute but the male character is giving every red flag that you can by these pre-incident indicators
2: yeah but then again like his id keeps matching up and stuff and the fact is Because I mean he isn't well, okay, yes, he isn't lying. That's the key point. Yeah, yeah. As cute as the meat cute gets, the more you're kinda like, oh, what the fuck is it with this guy? But it turns out, of course. But that
1: was the uh, that was the other point was so AJ, the other character that's played by Justin Long, was originally written to be Zach efron And the idea for that was you were gonna have this like really hunky guy who was going to come in and again was not going to pay any and Justin Long does the same thing hilariously with the scene where he's measuring yeah. out the room under the under the house he doesn't pay attention yeah, to yeah, any yeah, of yeah, these yeah, yeah. pre-incident indicator things he's like whatever i don't give a fuck so they rewrote it to be much funnier when they got justin justin long involved like, has he not ever a played gig. not a dick justin long yeah yeah Ah, i mean when he was the main character in dodgeball remember that he was just like oh, a, yeah, he was yeah. a I guy. completely forgot
2: about that. Yeah, yeah, He
1: was in Jeepers Creepers. He gets his I uh, suppose for Jeepers Creepers, he gets his eyes ripped out. He gets murdered at the end. Um yeah, no, I think Justin Long does all kinds of stuff. He he did a lot. Now he's a he's a famous podcaster.
2: I still haven't listened to his podcast.
1: And his his uh, lady is in the film. He's dating Kate Bosworth and she is the voice of the lady that he meted Oh, okay. Yeah, so she's up there too. But yeah, maybe we, should we go into the plot a little bit? Yeah, sure. So I i ex, i explained the plot to someone the other day, and it was like, I mean, it takes a while because it's wild. Okay, so let's l- simplify.
2: Ladies in town for a job interview. She's yep. booked into Her an name Airbnb. Is Tess. Genius premise, by the way. A lot of people are in this situation these days. Just booked into an odd ass Airbnb. Uh, she gets there. Um, I want go
1: to nice Airbnbs, me personally, but go ahead. She gets there. Uh, She's their... in Detroit. She's in Brightmoor, which is apparently, that they filmed in the real place, in the real Brightmoor, which is and a while, show. And the, f- the flashback
2: out. sequence looks amazing.
1: Oh, me. yeah. <laughs> what happened to America?
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what <laughs> That's I want to know. A, that sounds wrong. I don't know. That's not what I mean. Let's make I it just... great again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so this lady arrives uh, out there and... Uh, Lo and behold, there's somebody already in her Airbnb. Oh no. God, I hate when that that's never happened to me.
1: I've heard all kinds of horror stories. I mean, I use Airbnbs frequently. I listen, I, I just want to say I don't think people should be smacking down Airbnb. They're they're a fine upstanding company that's hmm. um that offers people a place to live. Perhaps they remove the opportunity for people who live in that place to have, you know, housing that they can afford. But still, I just want to say Let's not knock Airbnb. No, I wouldn't dare. I won't, They give me my air bed and breakfast. That's all I ask for. That's all you want. Oh, my air bed and breakfast, please.
2: Any road. Uh, yeah, yeah. Actually, when uh, she arrives to this place, um, my wife said to me, that reminds me of when we w- uh, wound up staying in Boston. and We were uh, on a holiday on the east coast of America uh, a few years ago now and um, went to spend a few days in Boston. And we were in this neighborhood near Harvard and we're there walking down the street and it's like this nice neighborhood. And then we arrived. This fucking
1: janitor came up to you. He was all solving maths equations and stuff.
2: Exactly. And then we arrived to the haunted house on the street. Nice. And we're like, oh God, no, this is our house. This is where we're staying. We went in there. It was just the air was thick with marijuana. And there was two or three dirty cats and a couple of stoners in there. They directed us to our room And then I was like, what the hell has happened here? And then I like looked at one window and one door and the garden. I was like, yeah, I see how they fucking did that. Ever since then, I've been super hosting. (laughs) But uh,
1: yeah, I would uh, just, yeah, as an aside, do switch on the super host uh, option when you're looking for Airbnbs.
2: I remember getting up in the middle of the night uh, to go take a piss and there was a cat sitting on the toilet seat. Inside well, you piss a on the cat. Ba- so no 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 I just didn't yeah. piss I was like I'm not touching that cat damn uh, I would so have
1: blasted that cat out of the way no 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 anyway so this lady this young lady Tess she's in Detroit yeah she's yeah. there for a job interview for a documentary bizarrely she's, she's going to be a researcher of this
2: guy in there but then he's you know they get along well they drink some but wine this together.
1: guy is um Bill Sarsgaard Bill yeah, Sarsgaard yeah. rather so. <clears throat> he's obviously, he's got a bad face. He's a Skarsgård. That's a rough thing about this. He's a Skarsgård, but he was blessed with the creepy side of the Skarsgård face, not the Alexander, his brother. He's still good looking, though. He's he's good looking, but in a, in, in an unorthodox, he might murder you type way. Yeah, that's fair. <clears throat> There's definitely, he's got a big forehead. I'll say that. And I don't think that's a controversial statement. No,
2: it ain't. So anyway, she's in the house with this young gent. Yeah, they meet cute. Uh, She goes off. He gives her the bedroom uh, where he was going to stay and he's sleeping on the couch. Then she wakes up and the door is open and he's having night night night, terrors. Yeah, Yeah, he's Um, having
1: creepy night terrors.
2: And that's another indicator, but we're having the rug pulled from under us. Uh, But then nothing else comes of that. They have a goodbye in the morning. He wishes her luck. She seems to have gotten the job. She gets back home later, goes down to the basement to uh, get some toilet paper because she's after ripping a massive one.
1: Is that what she's looking for? Has yeah, she yeah. just
2: done a huge turd. Is that she's why done she's done a massive poo? So yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were you hard during that part? <clears throat> no, I was. No, twice. No, uh, and then
1: she finds um, a rope down in the basement and she pulls on it and opens a little secret door.
2: Yes it does and then she uh, this is, one this is the most direct film uh, th- this is the most direct film to horror film fan commentary it has. She just looks at the door and goes nope. Nope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nope. Not doing mm-hmm. that but she does go in there eventually because she gets locked in the basement. Because the turd is so big that she oh, needs yes. to. Oh we, we skipped over what's perhaps the most terrifying moment in the film where she gets back to the house later and uh, and kind of off-screen blurry homeless man chases oh, her up chases to the door Th- that to me was just like oh no! It's <clears throat> a mad homeless man chasing you get away one horror film trope that this film is uh, uh, unwilling to subvert is that of the uh, dead black guy almost oh. instantly
1: well that's so that is but that i mean that is like classic comedy moment we'll get to that eventually mm-hmm. but where he says like well in the 16 years i've lived here she's never come <laughs> and then she busts through the door
2: and rips yeah, his arm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway,
1: we'll get there. That's spoilers because that's quality. I mean,
2: that, Free samuel that, L. Jackson and Deep Blue Sea. Yeah, yeah,
1: but that's a that's a moment where you're like, well, okay, the guy who wrote and directed this film is a sketch comedy. Yeah, guy. yeah he's yeah. a comedian. Like he's, he's back his background. This
2: is what career. what I mean is is written like a comedy sketch, and particularly yeah. their type of sketch because their type of sketches are always uh, from all the ones I've watched. Oh, this is what you think. Well, this is what we think. From what contrast. I read
1: about his writing process, he wanted to create something where he was constantly, he wasn't sure where it was going, which I think is good and bad to to an extent because, like, it's mm. good that it's interesting, but it's bad that it's like it doesn't really follow any
2: great logical, doesn't in some ways, doesn't pay things off. Do you know an unfavourable comparison that occurred to me very soon after the uh, where we're getting to um, Schindler's List, synopsis? it's nothing no, like no, it. No, no, no. no. Yeah, that's unfavourable. A film that I think basically is probably inspired more by its concept but makes it work emotionally it's one of my favorite horror movies ever is uh, the descent mm. i'm a huge fan of the descent and i felt like in, in this in the first half of this i was thinking oh we're in descent territory there's something going on here that it like in particular because like, i was thinking with the meat cute that had been subverted because I thought they were very... You thought maybe they were going to just go caving. They're going to go spelunking. I thought they were very... No, I thought they were both very likable characters and I thought, right. oh, there's some unknown entity under here that's going to tie together with what they're doing. Because the thing is about The Descent, for all the madness that's in it, these fucking differently evolved... It, by the way, for my money, still. Yeah, it's a great film. I watched it not that long ago.
1: The scariest I've moment? Watched, I watched the sequel not that long oh, ago, and that is awful. That's, that's terrible. a pile of shit. But the first one's good. The,
2: the scariest moment
1: for me in any horror film. When is they turn around, when she turns the, the camera around, the and night it's vision. just, it's
2: there, yeah. yeah the yeah, night yeah, vision. Yeah, yeah. and... It's solid. It's a great it's moment. It's unbelievably scary, that.
1: But anyway, so anyway, there she's done a huge turd. She pulls on <laughs> it. She pulls on a rope. It opens a door. She, she goes into no, this darkened area. She's being overpowered by the smell of what she did in the toilet, so she's <laughs> fleeing. Oh, and she goes into this uh, kind of underground, huge underground area. She yeah, finds of other kind room. Of area. Yeah, it's Fritzel territory, folks, and. Uh, she finds a room which has got a bed and like an old school video camera, mm. and there's like a blood stain. There's like a, a handprint on the wall in blood.
2: Yeah, it's a room that we never get near again. But then, well, I we see it, it you, when it,
1: um, Justin Long comes down to it and starts. Checking well, it's out.
2: different by that point. It's it's not recognizable, and then you kind of really? realize this was the room where all the ladies gave birth.
1: No, but there's multi. There's but there's so many rooms though. We, like we, that oh, we touch okay. on we touch on multiple there's at least a few rooms there's the room there's this room you Bitty. go down stone steps and then there's and along the left la- I could hey listen I could draw a map to this place I was I was taking notes ah, no, I was don't like get this me is great on this this is, great this, is,
2: this is one of my issues with the film is that um I think the
1: geography makes complete sense I just think it' being serious yeah I the, I could draw a map of the underground of that of that uh, house Bullshit. The problem is, it doesn't. It doesn't make sense that this is possible. Maybe in Detroit, it's doable. Well, I know but like, Joseph could draws the bunker, yeah, without his no, wife no, 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 genuinely, I could draw a map. Like it's very clear in my head how. Habit. really because I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I i
2: felt it fell down a little on that. no
1: no i could i it's very very You're just clear more of an
2: engineer mind than that's than right. I, <laughs> than right
1: whenever i see <laughs> torture bunkers i <laughs> immediately
2: like,
1: i made all kinds of notes and sketches very anyway she
2: uh, fucking um she, comes along and rescues her um, when scarsguard's um
1: deal treats her like what are you talking about? Mm. It's fine, and which is like more we, to the suspicion. He, he he blocks the door in a very Louis C.K. move. It uh, doesn't let her leave, mm. and uh, says, "No, I need to go down and check." And then he goes down and check. It goes down and checks. And uh, she eventually goes down and sees what's happening with him. And then she just hears him going, help me. Yeah, mad naked granny hag comes me. and gets him. Yeah, because she sees that there's another uh, another flight of stairs down from where she was at the torture room. She goes down some stone steps. She goes past a bunch of cages which have had humans in them. And then she finds Skarsgård is uh, lying there in the, in the hallway saying, something bit me. And then Something he gets his. Bit me his, and then the the lady referred to as the mother. Yeah, comes out and beats. I call her mother head. hag
2: in my synopsis for, Fair yeah. play,
1: hag is good. I mean, she is more hag than mother, you would say, but she's also a mother. Mother a creature, great maternal instinct, and she smashes old Bill Skarsgård's head to a pulp against the wall.
2: Yes, uh, with what can only be described as retard strength. <laughs> Why,
1: that's fair. I is it fair? I don't know. She seemed like a nice lady, Hag a nice strength. young lady. To be fair, uh, she is played by Feral uh, Child. Strength. She, she she's played by Matthew Patrick Davis. <laughs> okay. a very a very brave young lady who took on the role. Nice tip uh, of the mother. Yeah, he is a he does have a lovely pair. They.
2: Um, they they does have they a ha- lovely pair. They they, they uh, has nice jugs. Yeah, but then we, next thing we cut to the comically- and the insane smash
1: cut. By uh, to, we cut to Justin Long on the PCH, uh, driving along, having a gay old time yeah, in yeah. his car, going like, "Hey, life I got is a great." Serious. <laughs> life is great. He's just done a pilot. he has got picked up, and then he has a call from his lawyer saying, "You're getting you raped, a lady. Son, you raped a lady." Justin Long, for me, is the star of the show. It's all about Justin Long for me. I think he's so
2: funny. He's very funny. It's and obvious. he also properly establishes what we're at. Even though there's once the sequence immediately after Justin Long's first sequence is my favorite in the film. That flashback to the 50s or wherever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's incredibly creepy. It reminded me of the flashback sequence in Unbreakable, which is one of the scenes that haunted me as a young man. Which one is that with Samuel L. Jackson? As yeah, a kid, you remember or? when um, Bruce he Willis glances broken. off the guy in the mall who's the janitor, and he sees oh, he's what a he's do- or yeah he sees what he's done to the family. He's locked them all up and stuff, and I don't remember uh, very that very. Cre- I need to rewatch that. I'd like, I might
1: rewatch the whole trilogy.
2: Uh, there, are, I rewatched them all like in the last couple of years. I'd say Sorry. they're all very good. Glass, I liked Glass. the first one. Is great. Yeah, uh, the anyway, other, the other two are get, good. Let's get back to yes, this. yes. Let's get Where back to we? this. So then we're uh, in Justin Long. He's a rapist. Uh, he's losing all his money. He goes to his money manager. He says, "You can survive for three months." And um, he to goes, "Sell your property." Uh, so I'll go sell Michigan my stuff property. in um, in uh, Michigan. So he drives along or flies. Uh, maybe hopefully to, he flies. He's quite far to Detroit. And, um, arrives there and uh, not noticing anything going down, measuring in the, in the cellar. And, uh, yeah, he just gets, well, that's
1: that, but how that works is he goes into the house. He sees that there's still luggage there from guests. Cause hmm. he'd been renting the place out. He'd got the keys from the rental company. He gets there. He sees all their luggage. He finds out like he goes down into the basement. He sees that there's like a mirror. There's like a, a chair and a mirror. Uh, he finds the door. He goes inside. The first thing you cut is to him going back upstairs on Google, Googling like, yeah, yeah, yeah. do, do uh, underground rooms count in the square footage of your house? Yeah, yeah. And then you see him, he's downstairs, he's, and then he's like got the measuring tape out and he's measuring the like rape chamber, just having so much fun. He's just measuring away and the entire time. And that's, I mean, that's, it yeah, is funny. So funny. It's funny.
2: Yeah, um Justin Long. and then uh he gets attacked by the granny hag mother creature he does and he gets he well because he discovers her uh
1: feeding room yeah. which is where there's like a tv that just shows that kind of there's like a film on loop yeah she's been instructed her about how to breastfeed and then uh, he, ba- I can't remember what- He falls into the little pit and he bumps into Tess. Yeah, She's yeah, and there Tess is too. there alive, thank God. And this is a lovely moment where the mother uh, lures a milk bottle into the pit. And then Tess says to him, like, you don't freak out. You need to drink the milk. She just wants to mother you. Yeah, yeah. And there's a big hair on the end of the, of the <laughs> bottle,
2: if you remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're for- <laughs> You're very receptive to the details and this kind of thing. This is reminding me of um, your, big, f- yeah, your fixation seri- on, uh, in, in 3000 years of longing, the wet hand from the guy emerging from the door.
1: Oh yeah, no, yeah. it is very much in the stack That is a good double bill. But just those <laughs> two scenes back to back. It's uh, a hairy, a hairy teat in a way comes down.
2: Anyway, we jump back to the nineteen fifties when this neighborhood was still thriving, and uh, this guy drives away from uh, his house, goes picks up some creepy stuff in the general store, and then puts on a repair guy costume. He is the creepiest guy. And says, "I need to check your Your water." And then all he does is go in and he unlatches her um, her bathroom door, and then that's it. And it's effective, extremely effective. And then you see he goes back to that house, and he's already got. Ladies in prison there in a very Fritzl-like manner. That guy's
1: played by Richard Brake. He uh, he played uh, Joe Chill in Batman Beggins. He killed, uh, he was oh. the one who, he's the one who kills uh, yeah, that the immediately... uh, Waynes, Thomas Wayne. Yeah. yeah. And whatever the woman's called, Martha Wayne. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's him. That's old Richard Brake. He's, uh, he's a nasty man. He's got a good face. Why did horror.
2: the moron throw the clock out of the window? <laughs> go Richard Clock cuz it reminded him of Richard Clock the man yeah. convicted of knife raping <laughs> why, his wife
1: why did the yeah why did the guy uh, sever the uh, brake pedals <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's right <laughs>
2: <laughs> anyway we go back to the present and um yeah this is a complicated one to unravel actually i told you yeah, I told yeah. you,
1: I've explained yes, this plot you did before. Fine. I'll just kill I myself you so. when I get home because so. you told me that before. Did I'm- you say the flashback was to the 1950s? Uh, that's what I assumed. I thought that too, was the 1980s because otherwise an insane amount of time would have passed. It does look like the 1950s. Yes. It's clearly not what the 1980s looked like, but it must yes. have been. The, the music on the
2: radio was 80s and stuff.
0: Okay,
1: fair enough. But I agree, it gives off the air of like a perfect time.
2: Yeah, yeah but it's obviously... I don't know when Detroit broke down.
1: It must have been before the 80s. I, w- I was in Detroit in 2001. It uh, did not look very And nice.
2: that young man was called <laughs> Michael Moore. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. It's your clock's friend. Fucking uh, Tess and Justin Long are down in this cage and um, basically Justin Long is not having any of this nonsense.
1: And he doesn't like hairy milk.
2: Yeah, and uh, the mother creature says, you know what, fuck you. So she she grabs him up to try and teach him a lesson down in the milk room. Tess sees this as her opportunity to escape, and escape she Fair does. Play. She gets to the basement um, and gets the homeless guy who chased her earlier uh, mm-hmm. to smash open the window and get her out, just as the scary mother creature is emerging. And uh, yeah, she gets and away. at the but- same time, Justin Long has gone further down yeah, yeah. to the,
1: the bowels of this dungeon place. Where he comes a he comes across old Joe Chill, uh the uh That's right. the man himself, Richard yeah, Brake. Yeah. And he's in uh and he's in his little chamber. He's lying in his bed. Suicide. Well, yeah, because he comes across all oh, he has all these tapes, VHS tapes, uh in on shelves, and they've got really disturbing titles like weekend at bernie's too <laughs> porky's too. porky's too and yeah they got like uh it wouldn't stop crying that's one of them i think
2: so they're all tapes of ladies that he's uh yeah he's, yeah he's done nasty he's just a too. nasty bit of work yeah uh, jimmy savile subscriber that's correct and so
1: he he uh he takes a gun and shoots himself in the head but then justin long takes that gun it goes on the rampage. It goes on the rampage. Because at the same time, Tess has also slammed her car into the side of the house, pinning the mother up against the wall. Yes. And then she decides to go back into the house to rescue Justin Long. Yes. First but of all, Justin she gets Long, the police
2: though, doesn't she? she? Oh, she
1: attempts, but the police are like, whatever, lady. Yeah, exactly. Because like, she she's, doesn't look very good. She's a bit disheveled and they think she's just a crackhead, but- she goes Fair down. To, she goes. Yeah, they were right. They made the right call. She goes down to to rescue Justin Long,
2: but he shoots her. Yes, he does, which is quite funny. Yes, and then he carries her out because he's a good guy. And then uh, they get they go stay at the water tower uh, with the with the friendly black homeless guy. He looks very well nourished for a homeless fellow, I have to say. And then. He says, don't worry, this lady has never. (laughs) The
1: 16 years that I've lived here,
2: she's never come. And then he, yeah. Breaks through the the, the, the wall and she pulls off his arm. Yeah.
1: Which is, I mean, that's just comedy. It's pretty funny.
2: That's obviously jokes. Yes. Uh, and then, well, there's another part that's extremely jokes coming up. Poor. So then they're yeah. on the run uh, together and they, they run up the water tower. But he's, and an important
1: point is that Justin Long has had like a, a, like a, a moment earlier where he's like, I did this to the lady. I need like, oh, yeah, yeah, I shot, right. he, and he's clearly yeah, talking about his to, me yeah. too. And he's going like, yeah. This is a horror movie trope about to be underwritten, basically. Oh, because we forgot the other point is like earlier on, he's at the bar and he talks to his friend. Because when he's back in Detroit, he goes out to the bar and he meets his mate, and he says like, yeah, 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 I fucked her. Like, I mean, yeah, she put did she put up a fight? Like, I, I, I I'm, you know, me, I'm a persistent guy, and it's clear that he's basically saying like, okay, it wasn't great, and then later on, he's saying like, yeah, I did. I might might damaged this person, lady. But I
2: can, if I can save this girl.
1: So he has I, his like, come to Jesus moment. Which is a horror movie
2: trope. Uh And uh, <laughs> beautifully, it's going to be subverted beautifully. Yeah, yeah. So then they have to <laughs> run up a water tower and then he just notices uh, at the last kind of moment is like, oh, this mother creature loves Tess way yeah. more than me. So uh, he just chucks Tess off the water <laughs> tower. It's so funny. <laughs> yes, it is very funny. Um and then the mother jumps off to save her. Yeah, yeah, breaking Tessa's fall. Aim for the bushes. Yeah, yeah. He um he runs down. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. It was clearly <laughs> the only option. Uh, and then uh, the mother creature literally pulls his head yeah. apart,
1: he fucking presses his eyeballs, pops them,
2: and then uh, yeah, the mother creature is just like, "Oh, will you be my baby to Tess? And Tess just reaches for the gun and Please shoots her. Shoot me! Um, does she say that?
1: No, but I think she. I think the mother does have like a kind of like, "Kill me." No. She doesn't say that, but I think she's kind of going. I didn't like, get that. I just thought she wanted t- test be... Oh, did she put? Does she put the gun to her I think she wants the because the whole concept behind the mother is like this guy back in the eighties.
2: Yeah, yeah, but that's another grand subversion. She's the ultimate victim. The mother, is.
1: yeah, because the the guy um, he kidnapped like this lady. Face, basically. He kidnapped a lady. He she got her pregnant, and then he got the child pregnant, fritzled. and then he got the child of the child pregnant. Fritzel to the nth degree.
2: Mm. He's he went super. He went Richies, super we Fritzel.
1: Yeah, well, that's what some people say.
2: Uh, anyway, yeah, I did mention earlier, like it is a little, a little bit soulless. Um, I think. Well, in what sense? In the sense, of, right probably only in the sense of the last 20 minutes it's a little uh, too long of a film to be just a goof which it kind of just is an, i and i think it's 102 th- minutes long and i think the first like a, like i mentioned in the, the the first half an hour or so is so kind of sincere in a way that it led me to believe it was something different of course the arrival of justin long told me it was something <laughs> else completely and i would have been on board with that but they're it took a little time to, for me to get used to the second film and I still wanted to see the end of the first film I was watching and I still want to see the beginning of the first. It's harsh, on,
1: uh, it's harsh on Bill Skarsgård because that's it. Once he, like, He's just done. Mm. Once he gets his head bashed up against the wall, it's introduced Justin Long and we never ever think about Bill Skarsgård mm-hmm. ever again. He gets half a film and then it's... It's a bit of,
2: of an education Less for an me important. because anytime I've thought about writing horror movies, and I have actually attempted to write a few, it's always something that is undermining tropes. Mm. And I I suppose the, the, the danger here is it, it, to focus in too much on something like that. It I do think it kind of steals a little bit of the soul from the film. Fair play. I enjoyed it, but uh, because it is, like you say,
1: something like that is undermining tropes, it's enjoyable, but... It's such a strange experience. I don't know if it ultimately pays everything off. It is quite funny, but if I compared it to something like Drag Me to Hell or Cabin in the Woods, I think those offer like a better alternative of functional horror film plus a version of tropes slash comedy. Uh,
2: I'm I'm not big on Cabin in the Woods. You but know, I, I as you know well, know I love Drag Me to Hell. Plus, it's got Justin Long. Yes, Drag indeed, it hell. does. Yeah, it's he's the love interest a good, in, a good, uh, in Drag Me to Hell. Uh, double bill. But still, I did have a, I did have a pretty good time with this.
1: I had a good time at the Not Cinema. It mm. this uh, budget four point five million. It made, made a lot of money, 43, right? Forty three, at least. So it's made like ten times its budget. It's another uh, Jason Bloom Blumhouse thing. Um, yeah, it's made a shit ton of money. Is it Blumhouse or am I talking shit? No, sorry, it's not Blumhouse. Never mind.
2: Sounds it's, like a Blumhouse business made, model, though.
1: You think it would be? It's made a shit ton of money, so uh, good old I think Zach Kreger, I'm sure he's going to go on and do something uh, similar. They they have a, a the Why is Kid You Know film coming out as well. I think it's animated, so you'll
2: like that. <laughs> you'll like that. Yes, yeah, I so definitely will. Street. Definitely love animated stuff. Anyway.
1: I've heard a lot of people, just as a final point, I've heard a lot of people say 2022 is a great year for horror. I don't know what that's off the back of apart from this. I, I've, I haven't seen The uh, Black Phone yet. I've been meaning to watch that. I haven't got around to it.
2: I watched uh, The Black Phone. I thought it think? was uh, very good. But I've heard the one that intrigues me that I haven't seen is uh, The Smile. Smile? Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: That's um. I've read through the plot synopsis for some reason. I think because I thought, like, I don't know if I care about it at all. Mm. It seems okay. I don't know. We'll see. I think it's very close to appearing in uh, your local blockbuster. If you enjoy going to your local blockbuster and seeing something with Korean subtitles on it, then you can watch Smile now. Okay. If you would rather not see the uh, Korean language on the screen, then you're
2: going to have to wait a little bit longer. Well, I'm not racist. Well, good. What are we watching next week again? So next Sisters time, and... Sisters in Blackula. Blackula. <laughs> Sisters in remembered. Blackula. Yeah, yeah. And then
1: after that, it's uh, Black Panther. Yeah, Will fine. Wakanda Forever, I assume, unless you got something else. I mean, no, that's a big I release. No, I don't. That's coming out in about a week's
2: time from now. Which means we have to watch She-Hulk and Miss Marvel to catch up. No. No, exactly. It's G- not happening. Good on you. All right. Um, it's a bit weird telling you I love you when <laughs> we're face fine. to face. We're
1: staring at you. That's I love fine.
2: you. I love you too. All right. Bye. Bye.